0: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage
0: And this one carrying into the end zone, about four yards deep. Here comes Dixon to the five. Left hash marks 10, 15. Hits a hole <laughs> hard. <laughs> He's to the 25-30. Breaks to the clear. Keyshawn Nixon is off to the races. It's secretary.
1: No Now the wins. in time. No one will touch him. It's a touchdown. My goodness. Came into the game. William, first of the ball with a entry. Didn't practice all week. And he just took it right off the gut through the heart of the Minnesota Viking Coverage Unit. Alright, what's up guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You'd like to text the show, you can send a text message to 865-658-5824. we got a special guest on the pod with us. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast tomorrow, we're obviously live on YouTube and Twitter. Appreciate everybody jumping in here and being a part of the conversation. I know some people are winding down from the work day. Um, but, uh, hopefully, uh, we get some people in here to give us some feedback as well. Cause, um, we got, like I said, on the pod today, we got Ryan Schlip, uh, Mr. Pack Daddy himself from Packernet Podcast, the pod father, as I call him. Um, what's been going on, man? You have a good day?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of whipped a little bit. I, uh, immediately went outside and got some burgers rolling on the grill and haven't done that very much, uh, this year since it's been nice outside. And now I just smell like uh, charcoal and burgers and I'm just happy just sitting down here just basking <laughs> in my own odor right now it's so delicious those burgers were amazing bro there's nothing like it I went to do laundry the other day and I'd
1: spent the whole day smoking a uh, a roast and then I did some ribs at the end of the day and I went to do laundry and and dumped the laundry I was like what is what is that it was that shirt that, <laughs> that I was smelling. all day oh it was amazing <laughs> but yeah, man, and I seen a Hegemeister Park restaurant there in Green Bay. They had posted some uh, – I love following restaurants in Green Bay. I don't know what it is, man, but just stories on Instagram of them, you know, posting shots of them cooking and, and all that stuff. But um, I think they said it was 80 degrees in Green Bay, and everybody was out on the patio. I, I love it, dude. It yeah. uh, looks like a really cool place to be in the springtime, which gets me excited about the draft, and I know we've been talking about it. Uh, Both the social media, I heard your pod this morning um, and uh, really excited to go up there in the spring because I've never experienced it in the spring. And I know it could be still cold. That's totally cool. But I might even slip up to Door County. But let's just jump into that, man. I heard your rant today and I got fired up, man, because the, the people that are knocking this whole NFL draft in Green Bay. It blows my mind how how ignorant some people can be that actually live right there that are in the media. It's like you you don't even take the time to think this through. And maybe it's by design, right? Maybe it's just let me get a hot take out there so I can get some interaction on Twitter. I don't know what it is. But you hit on a ton of it in your pod uh, earlier, man. What gets you – what get you most excited about the draft being in Green Bay and just, you know, kind of you know really, it's Green Bay, Wisconsin, yes, but it's the whole state of Wisconsin. The Midwest gets an opportunity to showcase what it is they do. and I think Kansas City really showed out. They did a great job. um, but I don't think it's much different than Kansas City, right? I mean, when you look at green the Green Bay area
0: yeah, no i'm 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 very excited. And you you guys know if you uh, listen to my podcast, I'm not a big going to do stuff guy. I don't really even like going to, to <laughs> Packer games quite as much. It's just very stressful, and you know the the timing and all that. But the the draft in Green Bay gets me super excited. Um, just just the layout of it in general. It's it's not such a you know you got to be here at this time. And it's it's kind of like if you took Packers tailgating and you're like, this is it. This is what we're doing all day. We're tailgating yeah. all day, and then way over there they're going to be announcing picks and whatnot. But we're just going to party. We're gonna have have some some good drinks and good food and we're gonna hang out and it's gonna be and it's not just Packer fans. You got fans from all different fan bases, but it's largely gonna be highlighting Green Bay. And I was thinking about today the uh when the Packers are on the clock, man. Oh my goodness, the 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 cheers and the go pack go chants and just how absolutely wild it's gonna be. Um, I'm beyond excited, man. I, th- I think it's a fantastic event. I think anyone that um, doesn't see how it's going to be great. It just I, I I don't I don't I guess I don't understand what their perspective on it could even be because um, those types of events are what uh, Lambo's all about. You know I mean if you if you ever been to a game and I don't just mean in the press box um, I'm talking about actually going outside and tailgating. You 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 look at that and you say this place would be perfect for an NFL draft event because that's exactly what the NFL draft is going to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Like you said, you know, good people, good food, good beer. All the way across. I mean, it. And let's do this. Let's share the screen here. I want to just kind of give people an idea because it cracked me up. We have one. I don't want to single anybody out and I'm not going to name any names. You're probably going, please don't Clayton. and I'm not going to. But we talk about we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the and like all of a sudden they become these geniuses when it comes to business. And I'm like, if you were a genius at running a business in the way that Mark Murphy has and, and orchestrating this whole thing, basically. Busting his freaking rear in the last two years to make sure that they have everything in place, really the last five years when you think about it, to put everything in place to where you could possibly have an NFL draft or an event like this. You know, I understand the Super Bowl would be a long shot. I completely get that. I understand. But when you're talking about doing a draft, this sets up perfectly. I, I just seen an exchange with you and, and some people on Twitter talking about what if it snows? What if it does snow?
0: Yeah, Awesome.
1: Do if it snows, then that's Green Bay, Wisconsin. Right. And, right? and, and you know, you were talking about other fans, right? Um, I've been to several several games at Lambeau, and one of the things I came away with was interacting with other fans, watching them. I, I came across some Pittsburgh Steelers fans that went to the Cleveland Browns game that I went to at Lambeau Field. So it was the Packers-Browns, right? And then all of a sudden, you get – Stillers fans there, and I'm like, why is a pack of Stillers fans? They were like, Well, dude, we had to experience it. We had to experience it. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> that's that's what Lambeau Field is. That's what Green Bay, Wisconsin. Well, yeah, is. and
0: and you know, the even if you look at well, you know, the warm weather fans won't like it. Yes, they will, because like you said, it's an experience. When you mm-hmm. go to Lambo, you want to experience Lambo. If you want nice warm beach, you don't come to Lambo, you don't come to Green Bay. If you're coming up here, it's because you want to experience the history of it. You want all that that comes with it. And if it snows, that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. You want you, you're bundled up in your coat. It's snowing. You got brats rolling on the on the grill. You know, I mean, it's just the, the whole thing. I mean, I, I will be disappointed if there isn't a little bit of snow on that day. To be completely honest, and, and the people who are saying that's a reason why you shouldn't do it, that's the again, these are they're so disconnected from bingo nfl fandom like they they just don't understand what it means Steve. which is shocking to me but it's like how do you not understand what it's like forget packer fan an nfl fan because like you said fans from all over the place they want to experience those things so i don't know how they don't get it covering the nfl uh every single day like they do yeah it's because they've been coddled they've been
1: right. th- their entire career it's just been this whole the media thinks it's all about them right that's what it right. comes down to You know, yeah, there's one guy that's on. I used to love Good Morning Football when they Mm -hmm. launched that show on NFL Network. I was so freaking excited. I was like, this is exactly what I want to start the day. I can't stand to watch it now. You got one guy wants to show videos of him playing a guitar. And it's, oh, yeah, this is back when I was in a band. Nobody cares that you were in a band, dude. Nobody cares. We, We care about football. We care about getting the news around the league. We care about those things. We don't give a crap about the fact that you were in a band back in the day. Another dude I you know, he was on a crew team. Oh, he wants everybody to know that he used to roll on a crew team. Nobody <laughs> cares, dude. I could care less. You know, Kyle Brandt thinks he's a freaking comedian. I used to love the dude. Now I'm like, he he is so corny, so cheeseball. Yeah,
0: he's he's got such a ridiculous shtick. It's it's so it's just hard to listen to him.
1: It really, and and in the meantime, you got people that are on staff at NFL Network like Scott Pioli, who's been in the draft room. They've literally been a general manager of a team, and they can't sniff an inch of the camera to to get their take on situations. And it's because it's just this whole shock factor. That's you. And what it comes down to is those guys. Man, they've got that whole attitude of, you know, they're born on third base and they act like they hit a freaking triple. They, you know, they don't respect the game at all. Don't even have only Mm -hmm. the only thing they value, Ryan, is attention. They just want attention to themselves. They want to forget the game. This is my time to shine. I'm on camera. I've worked my butt off to get to this point, and and this is this is exactly what it's about. Me, 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 me. It it drives me freaking insane, dude.
0: Well, the 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 thing here's the thing that I love about it. They're going to hate it. They're going to hate the draft. We're all going to love it. So they're going to be miserable, and we're going to have the time of our lives. And that is a perfect event, in my uh, opinion. Absolutely. Could you imagine? Some of these media members
1: face-to-face with Vince Lombardi, Coach John Madden, Papa Bear Hallis, Curly Lambeau, Tom Landry, Don Shula, Bill Walsh. They would eat their freaking lunch, seeing them try to make it about them. But let's talk about this infrastructure here. First of all, Lambeau Field holds 81,441 people. It's my understanding there were 300,000 at the peak, not at the same time, but overall – um, I shouldn't say at the peak in Kansas City, there were 300,000 roughly that showed up for the draft. Okay. You got 81,441 capacity at Lambeau Field. They forget that the Resh Center holds 10,000 people. These are people that don't want to, they, they just want to sit during the draft, right? We're not talking yeah. about people just mingling and, 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 you know, chilling and just hanging out. The Expo Center, they just finished. A lot of people don't even know the Expo Center is there as in in extension to the Resh Center, which it sits right here. So you see the Resh Center is this arena right? And then you've got the Expo Center here. That Expo Center, from what I understand, is 125,000 square feet. That would probably be HQ for the draft, right? So you know they're talking about there's not enough room, there's not enough infrastructure, there's nothing to do. Look at this angle right here, man, as as we roll it down. This is Town, right? First of all, you got Lambeau Field sitting here. You got your Kohler Lodge down here on your your (laughs) lower left, right? You got Crow's West, which is one of the freaking best. If you want to just... Put yourself into cardiac arrest with some fast food. That's the joint right there, right? And then, of course, down here you've got uh, Hinterland, which is a really, really cool brewery. I think you had um, a guy call in on uh, Packernet After Dark the other night. And he was talking about dropping into hinterland. It, at the at each end of the dining hall, there's like two fireplaces, dude. So if it is cold, it's the perfect place to have a beer. It's the perfect yeah. place to have some cheese curds. They got the rest of the restaurant there. You've got this whole area here, Arians Hill. I'm sure they'll set the stage up somewhere here. They typically do concerts right here in this little uh, area, this square area. Um, there's another restaurant down here called The Turn that's really, really cool. This is all developing now. Um, you see right here is Titletown Flats, which I won't say the name, but there is a very famous player that lives right there at Titletown Flats. I witnessed that firsthand. This is all Titletown Flats now. And then you've got this huge apartment complex that's getting complete. Look at the, you got the, kind of this natural amphitheater uh, yep. kind of set up where they can do outdoor uh, activities there. All this office space. There's a ton of freaking room just in and around Lambeau Field to do this and they're making it sound as if it's right, sitting up there in the middle of a cornfield and there's nothing right. to it's like, what are you talking about? And think about this, Ryan. I want to I want your take on this. Imagine this neighborhood right here, right? The neighborhood that surrounds Lambeau Field. That is going to be one big nineteen fifties style freaking block party is what right. it's going to be.
0: 100%. Every bit of this will. Yep.
1: And, yeah, and you they, you and,
0: you you couldn't run fast enough, far enough to get away from the party. You spend yes. all day running, you're still in the party. <laughs> yep. And then if you go down Onada
1: Street, right, and you go and you you know creep down in this area, this is all businesses here. First of all, this is kind of sports bar row over here. And for those of you on the pod, I apologize. I'm just assuming everybody can see this, but just all of this is going to be one big freaking party. Oh, oh, oh well, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to hang out at the draft all day. You got the family, take them down here to the mall. Right. You got a huge mall down here. There's a ton of stuff you can do. And that's what a lot of people don't even understand about green Bay. Um, I mean, you've got things galore like you know you got the botanical garden you know Mandy and I we went to that that was freaking awesome um, awesome experience there if you're an outdoorsy type person you got you know several brewing companies are there you got the automobile gallery if you're a, if you're a, a car guy you got muscle cars classic cars futuristic stuff really cool museum there you got the bay beach music, amusement park i think you said you took the kids there mm-hmm. at one point like so you've got an amusement park right there right. in the city and this is, you know, they, they're talking about there's nothing to do. A National Railroad Museum, the new zoo, a big adventure park, the Bay Beach Wildlife Sanctuary. you got the historic Meyer Theater from that was literally built, been in, in use since the 1930s. Like, I, I don't mean to sound like an a-hole here, but somebody has got to speak up because these are people that cover the Packers, too. It isn't just the national yeah. media. It's like, why are you trying to beat down the very thing that you work for. Like, I would never understand that. I'll never understand it.
0: Yeah, and the, and the again, and I, I'm beating the same drum over and over again, but the only people that wouldn't enjoy this are the people that they don't wanna go to botanical gardens. They don't wanna go to some theme park with their kids they want to rub elbows with gms and and coaches somewhere at some high-end thing they want to see all the big wigs people that don't want to be anywhere near them by the way nobody wants to to have media members rubbing shoulders with them but they're going to (laughs) push their way in anyways they're going to spend espn's money on a steak dinner dinner that they can't personally afford because they don't make any money themselves Mm -hmm. just so that they can walk around and act super important and all this stuff it's a big show. It's a big ego trip for them, and they're mad because they. this is a big vacation for them. This is a big, long vacation in Vegas or L.A. or any of these places they'd love to go. They don't want to go to Green Bay. Now, again, blue-collar NFL fans will love this. It's going to be a great experience, and and they can piss and moan all they want about this, and they probably will be miserable. Good. Go away. <laughs> You go go as far away as you can to find whatever restaurant you need to stroke your ego. Go in Milwaukee. Go to some nice restaurant in Milwaukee. We're all going to be out on the street in Green Bay smoking burgers and everything else and just having a good old time and enjoying what what the Packers have set up for us to enjoy for the day, and it's going to be fantastic. I thought you were going to say smoking something else. I was like, is that legal? No, no, no. That's, that's a different state. You're thinking of somewhere else.
1: <laughs> that's down in Illinois, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Andy in the chat says, Lambeau filled in the cold. Oh, no. Don't let your tears freeze to your face. I'm digging that energy. Right. And then he also come back uh, and said, uh, uh, cribbage boards, summer sausage, cheese platters, on all the tables in the green room, do it up Wisconsin style, man. I right. love it. You, know, you were talking about fancy restaurants. That's what's hilarious. You've heard people say, oh, there's nothing to do there. There's no – dude, Hotel Northland, the walnut room. Oh, yeah. Took Mandy in there. Dude, I they, they about threw me out on my head. They, they don't <laughs> want a redneck in that joint. It's too <laughs> classy. Um, Republic Chop House, I was actually eating in there. Uh, we went there for dinner, I think, on Saturday night. Uh, a freaking G2 pulls up, a G2 bins, Like $150,000, yep. $200,000 vehicle rolls up. I shouldn't have said the vehicle. I don't know why I said that. A player <laughs> got out. Cause I now I want to say the player, right, player right, and right. his wife got out, um, came and ate in the restaurant. A few minutes later, Jaron Reed rolls up. He goes in the back where they're at. And it's like, so these restaurants are good enough for the players, right. multimillionaire players, but it's not good enough for uh, insert name reporter who thinks his yeah. crap.
0: Knows for that. some newspaper reporter making 65,000 a year, who thinks he's a multimillionaire, big shot.
1: It, it cracks <laughs> me up. The river's been, uh, you know, Chef Fusion, you got Prime Quarter Steakhouse. There's a ton, and then r- remove all that, right? Let's go to the normal folks like us. You know, what are the dives that we would be looking You know, a single Ryan Schlipp, a single mm-hmm. Clay. Like, we're just kind of hanging out and enjoying the draft all weekend long, right? You got Louis Lagoon right on the water. You got Hegemeister Park, which I mentioned earlier. That's a restaurant that's basically named after the very first field that the Packers played on in Hegemeister Park before it was uh, relocated. And Doozy Sports Club, world renowned. D2 Sports Club, TNT Tundra, uh, Poly G's is a, is one of those. It's just a hole in the wall, freaking awesome place. Stadium View is really, really popular. We mentioned hinterland Tavern in the Sky, which overlooks lambeau parking lot. The Turn, uh, that's a sports bar. They got Top Golf vr all that stuff in there things where you can just kill all day long if you while the draft's going on you just hey it's a third round fourth round hey let's just go over here and kill some time um the bar on homegrown way 1919 kitchen and tap at the top of lambeau field there is a freaking ton of stuff and these idiots their ego is too much in the way to even realize how awesome this event could be and not only that it can be a stepping stone to future events
0: Great. Yeah. yeah, and you got certain people saying, I've been there before. No, you haven't been there before. I've yeah. been there, but I haven't been there. Everything you're listing is getting me excited, because I don't even... I've never heard of these places. I don't know anything about it. I don't know any... I haven't experienced it the way... And and I, even I've experienced it more than a lot of these guys, because again, what do they do? They get their hotel rooms, mm-hmm. then they go to the stadium, they go right up to the press box, and they sit in there, and then they leave and maybe go get some food or something and go somewhere. They haven't... Exper- they're not out there tailgating with everybody and having a good time with everybody. So... Yeah, they, they 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 maybe have been there, but they haven't been there in so far as they've experienced what everything Green Bay has to offer. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because when we were when we were doing the,
1: we got a private stadium tour this year um, with a couple of guys. One guy has been doing uh, stadium tours and 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 title uh, I say Titletown district tours, but. Old Town Green Bay tours talking about and showing you where the original, you know, Vince Lombardi's office was downtown before they you know, had the offices moved to 1265 Lombardi. Obviously, it wasn't named Lombardi at the time, um, but we're up there and they had a bunch of uh, a ton of uh, paper sacks. Right. And they were like, I was like, what is that? And they said, that's the media's uh, lunch for the game tomorrow. And I'm like, they cater to these people <laughs> like their little kindergarten and, and they're still right. freaking complaining. Right. still complaining.
0: Well, yeah, they they're yeah. going to they're going to roll out the red carpet for these guys, but that's still not going to be good enough right. no matter what. And I've even heard them and, and, and it was becoming a bash fest, but now that now that you mentioned that I have heard people complain, the media members complain about what type of food is served up in the media rooms. Like some places they love it because of the kind of, you know, they've got the real good like the great pretzels and the donuts and the pizza, and some places they only give you like hot dogs and it's like you shut your stupid mouth. There's people down there right now spending 10 bucks on a freaking beverage and you're getting free food in a press box and you're complaining about it. You're, you're, you're living everybody's dream and you're whining. Nobody wants to hear it and nobody cares. And the only reason you have a job is because fans
1: are willing to show up and support this sport that you take every freaking chance to bash. And, And you got somebody down in the bowl that spent their last dollar to get into that bowl. Right. And they probably they might have packed a freaking lunch and ate in the car before they came in the stadium because they couldn't afford the stadium food. Right. That's those are the blue collar people that we're talking about that make this whole thing go. That's that's how pro football started. Pro football was I don't want to get on a history segment here, but it was so like college football was so much more popular than pro football. It took forever for pro football to catch up because it was just for love of the freaking game is all it was really. Um, Street King here in the chat says, I've already started planning a trip to to the uh, draft at Lambeau field. Same here, man. I was calling around earlier today and just trying to get, um, Ryan, I'm trying to get the inside information. How, how's (laughs) this going to unfold? When are the hotel rooms going to release that type of thing for sure? Um, here we go. Street King said, yeah, uh, good morning. Football is awful. And their commentary is ludicrous. Nothing but shells, Shills. I don't know what that means, but that's, uh, I'm sure that's not good. Um, (laughs) Here we got Thomas Austin in the chat says Lambo baby. I almost wore my Thomas Austin shirt for this man, but it's, it's pretty, nothing against (laughs) Thomas, but to see another man's face on my chest is really, really, (laughs) really jarring. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But Lambo baby, go pack, go love it. Um, yeah. So, uh, good stuff, man. Uh, and appreciate your uh, donation there, Daryl in the chat. Um, obviously donating to a great cause over Fertile Ground uh, Ranch Discipleship Ministry. So let's do this, man. We're done ranting. We're done talking about it. I just wanted to I want to kind of get all that off my chest because I heard your rant earlier and I've kind of stayed quiet. And I'm like, you know what, man, let's let's they're they're all acting as if there's nothing to do. Let's just lay out a few things, guys. That was just a few things that I've experienced in Green Bay, right? That I just jotted down like, okay, I remember going here a few years back there, a few years back. And really what makes Green Bay the experience in Green Bay is the people, you're you're not gonna find an area that's more diverse. And you know, you, I know you see a lot of diversity within you know big cities, and I get all that. But when you go up there, man, I'm telling you, as we were taking Uber drivers, I met people from all over the freaking world that moved to Green Bay, which is really really cool because yeah. when that city was first, uh, you know, kind of settled, you had nothing but immigrants from all over the world kind of settling in there on the Great Lake, knowing that 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 Bay was going to be a freaking gold mine as far as business and opportunity jobs, stuff like that. So it's a really cool place, man. It's a special place in my heart. I know that. So let's do this, man. Let's talk roster real quick. Um, I was listening to some of the, some of the camp updates, the OTA updates you were giving, and It was, you laid it out perfectly, man. There was, all kinds of good nuggets in there one of the things that stood out to me and i mentioned it to you offline here was the defensive line room you know you were talking about um jj i think had mentioned to you that that someone had beefed up um let's hit on that real quick for our listeners you know the defensive line room i think you kind of came to the same realization that i did when i looked at the board back here behind me i looked at the defensive line room, and i'm like man there ain't a whole lot of bodies there right? right so uh it sounds like that uh you know the way that they've got wooden Beefing up a bit, he'll probably be listed as a defensive lineman and play a role there. Maybe even if whether it's in an emergency row, I don't know. I was kind of expecting him to be an edge defender, but it sounds like he might play a little interior, don't you think?
0: Yeah, that was my expectation too. And I think even the first time I talked about it, as I was going through it, I was like, "Man, we got a lot of edge rushers and not a lot of uh, defensive tackles." And I I understood the value of you know occasionally putting Lucas Van Ness in there and Colby and Carl Brooks makes the most sense, but he's also an edge rusher and um but yeah, as I was looking at him, like we don't have, you know, if, if you assume our starters are Kenny, Slayton, and Wyatt, who do we have after that? Like Jonathan Ford is is a seventh-round nose tackle. I, I don't know if I, uh, no offense, I hope he does a great career. I don't really want him on the field, to be right. honest. So right, who do we have to lean on? So yeah, when I heard Colby at, w- was already up to like 285, and, and then when we got the updates at OTAs that he was getting snaps with the ones at uh, defensive tackle, um, and then we assume again, Carl Brooks around 300 pounds is probably going to be a defensive tackle. And then again, you know, Lucas Van Ness will take a couple snaps in there. I, I'm feeling a little bit better about that room in general, but I do think that's necessary to make sure that those guys are, um, interior guys. Cause that's where the biggest need is. I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, that when I was looking at that, I'm kind of like, I want to see a ton of Devontae Wyatt, man. I've yeah, got to see Devontae Wyatt this year. And, and I think they they see it. I think yeah, – I was going back watching some of the late season tape there a couple of days ago, and it's like, man, every time he's on the field, you see it. You see yeah. the flashes. You see the athleticism. You see that he belongs in the NFL. Um, one of the other things that you were talking about with uh, with your camp updates there, um, Luke Musgrave, he seemed to, uh, seemed to pop up quite a bit, right? Yeah. Um, are you – I know both of us – me personally, I wasn't crazy high on Luke Musgrave. Right, my board, however, was right, and that's what I was talking about on our live uh, draft uh, broadcast. Was like, man, Luke Musgrave is hands down the better tied in here, according to my board, which is comprised of people that you know that I, I put a lot of stock in their information. Are you starting to come around a little bit more on Luke? How are you, yeah. seeing Luke Musgrave, and, uh, and Tucker Craft?
0: So part of it is me getting overhyped on on one practice of OTAs that right. that's public. But um just the way that he shot to the top, you know, because you never know how these things are gonna go and didn't really hear a ton from Jaden Reed or really anybody else, but you know, Luke Musgrave getting first reps with the ones at tight end. Like that that shocked me. Now, when they actually did eleven on 11s, it was DeGuara, but still, like that first time out there when they were with the ones, it's Musgrave. That kind of surprised me. I didn't expect that. So it, it just in my it put something in the back of my head they're really high on this guy, you know, above and beyond Tucker. I didn't hear anything about Tucker craft. I don't think the entire OTA is really not that it's a negative, but again, it's just kind of gets the mind going a little bit. And then, yeah, it's, it's, uh you know musgrave hit across the middle like oh dang okay you know that oh his first completion i think was to Musgrave. so now there seems to be that rapport and and now you're starting to see it and you know darnell savage is is trailing and whatnot which you could just bash on savage but still it's like that's the point right you beat those safeties with that speed and with his physicality and all that kind of stuff and it just seems like it's starting to come together like it's going to be a uh Potentially a pretty good connection between Jordan Love and, and Jaden Reed. Just, just, uh, did I said that wrong? And Musgrave, mm-hmm. um, just insofar as, is executing something that the defense is having a hard time covering. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the defense was really on fire, it sounds like in OTAs, but the one thing that I don't know that they necessarily had an answer for was Musgrave. And that's kind of the whole point of getting those guys in here. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, when you talk about during the 11 on 11s, DeGuaro was out there, but, you know, right off the bat, you had Musgrave in. It kind of goes hand in hand with what you talked about on your pod, how, you know, Matt LaFleur is really trying to put a lot of stress on these young yeah. guys early. Right. And it makes me wonder if it was just all right. Yeah. DeGuaro the one, the one. And then and then it go, it's go time. <laughs> get out there you know what right I mean? yeah what no I mean.
0: it absolutely could be and that and, and again that's the whole point is just seeing how they they respond i mean you know you're doing warm-ups your stretches and whatever and you've gone through the book and you think you know and then all of a sudden it's like all right go it's like oh you know it is a little <laughs> jarring and, and see how they but again how did he respond it sounded like he responded really well so that's another sign that uh another positive note yes i understand for the 10 hundredth time that it's just the <laughs> first time in to otas <laughs> you gotta say it because somebody didn't hear me the first seven times and they're gonna roast me about it Um yeah. But but even still, I mean, it's, it's good to hear those things because it doesn't have to be that way. You know that there are negative notes that come out. I mean, we heard a bunch for for Jordan and a bunch for some other guys as far as things just not going well. The offensive line was having a real hard time blocking. There are such things as negative notes. And so if you get a bunch of positives about a guy that's never taken snaps with the offense, um, that's at least going to go in the back of my mind as, as something to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, uh,
0: here in the chat and then we're going to bounce around
1: with the chat guys. I I promise we'll, uh, we'll talk about what you're asking with your comments. Um, since we're on Musgrave, uh, this is Daryl here. Uh, Daryl Uter says, um, Musgrave, a fantasy sleeper for tied in. I could see it. Um, it depends on, like we were talking about. You know, does he does he finish as the one? And when it comes to DeGuara, the thing that's going to benefit Musgrave if they do continue to use DeGuara as more of that H back role, that guy that's going to be in the backfield a little bit. Whether they they continue to run that quote unquote pony package with a tight end in, you know, that split set in the back, which that's what it evolved into um, with some of AJ Dillon's, uh, you know, a little bit of struggling there with pass protection last year. Um, if he if he does become the number one attached tight end, absolutely. You know, that's the thing. That, that you really need in this offense for it to go. Now, with Aaron here and him doing a lot of checks at the line, a lot of RPO action, things like that, you didn't get to see as many of those crossing routes from the tight ends, right? Uh, you've seen a couple of long wheels and things like that, which is funny that when I watched the tape of Luke Musgrave in college, what I came away with was he has the athleticism to run those two. Those he would have stuff. been the
0: guy for that, yeah. That
1: would have been perfect. Yeah. And, and, and here we are, one of the first plays – that he has in camp. What was it? It was a crosser, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's like, okay, that, that really does uh, begin to, uh, to add up there. So I'm excited, man, to see what he does for sure. Uh, Also here in the chat, um, this is John Dorn says, what do y'all think on Wicks? Um, I don't know a whole lot about Wicks, but I do know that that first, uh, one of the first plays that came across the wire was a bomb to him. Am I thinking right? That Jordan was at 55 yards or something.
0: I think there was a big one from Jordan. And then later with the twos, he ended up catching a big touchdown reception, I think from, uh, Who was our number two here? It was uh, Etling, I think it was.
1: Yeah, right. And and they do have Etling right now as the number two over Sean Clifford, right? Yeah, right. So that's interesting there because I really see Clifford being. um, I think he's kind of a shoe in for that backup role because you don't want to lose that rookie contract. Obviously, you know you drafted him for a reason. You don't want to waste a pick. Um, But with Etling, it's like if you march Etling out there as the number two then Clifford gets the perfect opportunity to see what he needs to be and do to be that backup because I think that's something that, that really goes underappreciated by some fan bases um, is just how important that backup role is. You know, people look at it as, oh, he's got to come in and win the game if the starting QB goes down. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, but the top priority is he's like that personal assistant to the starter. You know, right. and when you see Danny Etling has been around for a couple of years now and him and Jordan Love have developed this chemistry as far as, you know, teammates. And I, I would say if you ask Jordan Love, who would you rather have as your backup? It's probably Danny Etling just because right. they're familiar with each other. But with Sean Clifford, man, I don't know. He just seems like he has a uh, a really good spirit about him. I'm excited to see what he can do for the Packers for sure. Um, let's talk about Jaden Reed a minute, man. You mentioned him just a second ago. Um, I, I can't think. I wasn't as excited about Christian Watson last year as I am about Jaden Reed this year. Yeah, it's agreed. like Same. The, the more I dig into it, the more I go back to that all American season and, and Mike wall pointing that out to me on, on my pod when we had him on. Um, I don't know, dude, Jaden Reed, when you watch him from 2021, that dude, he's fearless. He's, he's natural. He's fluid, everything about him and, and his, his transition from a he's a great hands catcher by the way, which is an awesome mm-hmm. thing. His transition from hands catch to turn it up field, is pretty remarkable, man. How do you how are you feeling about Jaden so far? It
0: was funny. It, it just kind of occurred to me that the the comparisons between, for example, Rashawn and Christian Watson, and then Lucas Van Ness and Jaden Reed are very similar to me in terms of. I think Christian and Rashawn, you looked at and said they're kind of you kind of worry that it's going to take him some what some time to develop. Whereas with Lucas Van Ness and Jaden Reed, it's like I think they can come in and, and play right away. They seem much more well-rounded, the the amount of things that they can do. It's not like, well, we got to develop this whole route tree and everything else. No, I think he can pretty well do it. Great catcher, great after the catch. Um, really good route runner just in general, in terms of his shiftiness and all that kind of stuff and setting up defenders and all that. Um, you know, with Christian, it just felt like projection in terms of his ceiling. You know, I mean, he's really fast, and if you can develop the rest of his game, he's going to be really good, which obviously it, it, I'm, I'm excited about him at this point. But with Jaden, it's like I, I would almost be surprised if he didn't come in with, you know, of course, some growing pains, but if he doesn't come in right away and, and play at a relatively high level, I mean, I'll put it this way. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and is a better version of Romeo Dobbs kind of right out of the gate. In terms yep. of he's faster than Romeo, I think he's a better route runner than Romeo. He's got better hands than Romeo. I think he's better after the catch than Romeo. He doesn't know the offense as well and might not get as many opportunities. But um I would I, I would personally be a little surprised if he didn't kind of overtake him um in that role. And now when there's three out there, I see him in the slot. But I really think if you got two wide receivers, I think your best two are gonna be Christian and Jaden Reed and I think it'll happen pretty quick.
1: Yeah, I do too. And you know, the thought of Romeo Dobbs being, you know, that third guy. Yeah. I mean, we've seen he can play at the NFL level. I wasn't right. as impressed with him as, as others, but from a realistic standpoint, like him being all of a sudden you you make a draft a draft pick in Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs, who played pretty well last year as a rookie, learning the system, all that things, battling through the drops. And like you had talked about on your pod and him, you know, fighting with the jugs machine after practice. And he's just one of those guys that wants to, you know. Yep. Um, now all of a sudden he's the number three. It makes you feel a lot better. About that wide receiver room. Not that we're going to come out here and we're putting unrealistic expectations on either. Like, like you had said on a previous pod before too. Like, let's stop trying to throw stats out there. Like, I think right. if so and so has this much and that much, then that'll be a successful year. No, let's come out and compete this year. Let's yeah. see what we have. Let's see what these young people can do. And if we look up at the end of the season and we've got ten wins, then that's awesome. You got a good foundation in place. But to to go in trying to expect it. All right, well. If he doesn't have a thousand yards receiving, then that's a bad year. I think that's just silly. Um, kind of setting yourself up for failure. With Jaden Reed, though, if I understood correctly, you correct me if I'm wrong, he was the number one punt returner. Is that right?
0: He's very good. Yeah, I know that much. He's very good at it. Hmm.
1: Cause it, it sounded like they marched him out as the one if I heard correctly. Oh, in OTAs,
0: yeah. He, he yeah. was the he got first reps at it. Yep.
1: Yep, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I I'm excited to see that too, because you know, a lot of people were going, don't take Keyshawn Nixon off of that. Listen, Keyshawn Nixon is a great returner, right? right. Uh, it's obvious he really excelled at kick return, but he's going to have to get a spell every now and again, man. That dude's going to be playing yeah. slot. And I think it was was at Cassidy Hill that you said, tweeted out, Keyshawn Nixon is everywhere, right? Oh, yeah, and, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I think that dude's going to be the spark plug for this team. I really do, man. I was so glad they brought him back um, just – Really freaking awesome. Um, Professor Cakes here. I always giggle at that freaking name. I don't know about <laughs> <laughs> Professor Cakes says, Jaden Reed comp Tariq Hill. Hey, sign me up, man. Um, I know this when you see his quick twitch. I'm not gonna lie, Ryan. I that's that's the first person that came to mind for me was yeah. Tariq Hill. And I'm not trying to say he's as fast as Tariq Hill, but just the way he moves, his fluidity in and out of the breaks, making the catch, not losing any momentum, it kind of reminds you. Uh, of uh, of him. And, and yeah, that's the thing too. A lot of people are listening him as a slot. They're saying, Oh, that'll be the slot receiver. That'll be a slot receiver. Dude, he could play everywhere. He yeah. played everywhere. He played X, he played Z, he played slot. He was, he was in the backfield a couple times. I've seen a couple of uh, jet motions and it's like, Oh yeah, this is, this is the guy uh, we need um, as far as, you know, kind of ushering in that new role there within Matt Lafleur's system. Um, John Dorn here says Torre, uh, Tore, meaning Samori Torre, uh, will turn heads this preseason. I think so, too. I mean, we've heard positive things about him. You know, like you pointed out, too, though, Ryan, every time we get a draft pick after the fourth round, if they do anything, we get excited, <laughs> right? And yeah. we're all – it's funny, we're all holding out hope, and I heard somebody on Packer Net after dark, and I, and I laughed because I did the same thing. I'm like, Donald Driver did it. Donald <laughs> Driver? <did> it. <laughs> right? but what do you think about Torrey, man? He, he does seem to get a lot of praise from the uh, from the coaching staff, right? Uh no, we may have lost Ryan.
0: I like Ture, um, on what they could potentially be. I I just, you know, I I think we always, we, we do this every year, you know, and it's, it's always somebody else. Um, we remember maybe a little more glowingly than what actually happened as far as, you know, we, it, it it happens to me too. I'll, I'll go over to PFF and I'm like, that's it. I thought he had way (laughs) way more yards. I thought he had like a couple touchdowns. I thought he had like a 75 PFF grade. It was like a 40 or something. Great. You know, it's, so it just you you kind of build stuff up in our brain and I think we all do that especially as fans we really like somebody and especially in the off season like we just keep adding a couple yards every week that goes by as far as what they did but um I mean look it's it's a crowded room um that's for sure I mean you, you mentioned Wicks earlier as as a possibility you got DeBose in the building now so there's a lot of guys competing I think it's going to be tough for Ture but um I'll be excited if he can just come in and be that that contributor we've had a ton of guys you know guys like i mentioned geronimo allison i i have no geronimo was not Devonte, but i love that geronimo was on the team while he was here he was a role player he had a yeah. specific role he did a good job for us and i think Turee can be that guy um i just you know like like with other things i want to kind of not set the expectation too high and thinking that Turee, you know he's he's going to be this special kind of maybe maybe like i said donald driver it happens it can happen you know an undrafted free agent can do it obviously a seventh round pick can do it and um but i i just i think if we were to set a little bit more realistic expectations especially with the amount of investment we've had not and not even just the wide receivers that we've invested in the tight ends that we've got and the running backs that we've got we got to lower our expectations for where ture is going to be able to contribute if he cracks 500 yards i'm going to be Beyond stunned and excited, or possibly scared that there were a lot of injuries or something went really <laughs> wrong. Cause I don't know how he finds 500 yards in this offense.
1: Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Um, well, uh, you know, the safety position that's that's one that's interesting to me. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, Anthony Johnson, um, that they were so surprised he waited that he stayed, you know, hung around that long in the draft. And they wouldn't be surprised if he's playing, you know, or competing for a starting role at safety. The safety room is very, very interesting to me. If Keyshawn Nixon is indeed the slot the slot corner, right, and you've got Darnell Savage as the backup slot corner, is he going to start at safety? I mean, you're not going to have him on the roster sitting on the bench at eight million, right, or seven point nine, whatever yeah. it is. It's it's hard to believe that's the plan. Um, but Rudy Ford, if Rudy Ford gets bumped out of this starting lineup somehow, Ryan, you're going to hear you're going to hear a <laughs> loud noise from the state of Tennessee. Out there. I'm going to be so mad, bro. Um, but if you do line up Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage. You, you're hearing a lot of people singing praise about Anthony Johnson. Again, we got a, got to curb the enthusiasm. You went out and got Tarvarius Moore, and you got Jonathan Owens. It sounded like Tarvarius Moore, if I understood you correctly, on your pod. Um, he he was out there with the ones. Am I thinking right?
0: Um, I th- think he was at, at one point or another, and, and that may have had to do with maybe somebody not being out at the time. I'm not sure. I know it was Ford and Savage for most of it. He may have taken some snaps of the ones at some point.
1: Gotcha. So it, was, it wasn't like highly reported or anything. Okay, good. Right. That's good information there. All right, cool. Um here in the chat, we've got uh Phil Jones says hoping Torre doesn't pan out like Winfrey. Yeah, uh, good point there. Um as far as uh as kicker too, and you know, you know it's OTAs when we're talking kickers. Yeah. Um Anders Carlson is fascinating to me too, because it's like Ryan, I I don't I don't see it. I, I right. went back and looked at the stats. I looked at the, you know, there's really not much to look at on tape other than, you know, how far inside the cro- or inside the uprights was he. You know, you can really take that into consideration to determine a great kicker as well, just how accurate the accuracy is. But um, the fact that he's – I mean, they're moving forward with him, right? He's the kicker. It sounds like he's going to be our – Well, that, goal that's
0: game. the thing. I mean, it's especially when you draft a guy. I mean, I know it's just the sixth round, but – um, I can't imagine him just not winning the job, you know, and then just throwing away a six round pick like that. I think he's, he's officially the guy and they're going to see if they can develop him into whatever, but I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's a big deal to just kind of burn the boats and say, okay, this is our guy, especially, you know, like you said, is, I understand the connection to our special teams coordinator and that's great, but the stats are not super exciting. I mean, they're, I, I I would borderline say they're kind of bad a little bit and um, I'm not super excited about it, but, You know, I mean, guys that get paid a lot of money to make these decisions feel like he can be the guy, and uh, hopefully he can, because I feel like we got something special going with special teams, and it sure would be a real uh, big problem if our kicker was kind of the the thing slowing us down, you know, as far as reversing uh, what we've built with that special teams unit.
1: Yeah, and you know, what it comes down to, too, is Rich a special teams coordinator, has had his hands in every freaking move that's... That surrounded the special teams, and you've seen it—how much it improved last year. He's the one who went, met with Anders. Obviously, he worked with Anders' brother, uh, you know, years ago, and he handpicked Anders Carlson as the next kicker. Right, I, dude. I'm sitting here going, Clay, you need to shut up and just. Yeah, try right. right. <laughs> Rich knows what he's doing. So,
0: well, I tell you what, if you would have said either Anders Carlson is going to be a good kicker. Or Keyshawn Nixon is going to be the number one kick returner in football. I it would have been such an easy decision that it's Anders Carlson. Cause I'm like, Keyshawn doesn't even return kicks. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like I think he's a gunner or something. Like he doesn't do that and he's slow and like you're an idiot if you think that guy's gonna ever be anything. And here we go. So yeah, I I I am with you. I think uh he has earned he should have at this point earned our trust. And as scary yeah. as it is and it's worth talking about. Um, it's it's way too early to be trash in a decision that that guy has made considering the strides he's made with our special teams unit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk injuries before we get out of here. And I know it's early and nobody wants to hear the mm-hmm. word injury, but obviously Rashawn Gary, um, seeing him tweeting some stuff out, man, he looks good. He looks like he's, he's tracking. If he comes back a week one, Ryan, I will oh, lose my geez. mind. I don't. I don't know how he can do that, right? right. Am I am I wrong? Am I being um, too pessimistic? Going, <laughs> oh, there's no way.
0: I'm trying not to get myself there, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's same with Stokes. I mean, it's like they they had serious injuries. You shouldn't expect them back till later. And then you watch the videos. I saw Stokes like doing that handshake, and he's jumping up and down. And I'm like, it's not what I was expecting from from him. I thought he was going to at least have like a knee brace or something. But um, yeah, Gary and G- Gary and Stokes seem fine. And I I know it was early on. I think that uh, I think it was uh, I don't know the head coach or the GM or whatever saying that uh, Rashawn was on track for week one. And it's like, yeah, I know, but you said that about everybody. So I'm I'm trying to kind of tamp it down in my brain because I did that with Bakhtiari, like he could be week one yep. and we didn't see him basically all year. So, then you know, so, um, but we'll see, man, I, I'm, I'm not expecting him week one, but that is going to be such a huge thing. Uh, I saw somebody tweet out recently that the Packers are averaging, the defense is averaging like 31 points given up in week one, like we're just getting eviscerated week one. So if we can get Rashawn out there and Van Ness and Preston and like the whole crew and just everybody fired up and ready to go. Um, I'll, I, I think that would be fantastic, especially since we're not going up against a very good offense. I will throw that in there.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> always helps, right?
0: <laughs> it's going to be so
1: fun, man, that first week. And that's what a four thirty game, my time, three thirty 30 year old's time. Um, that's going to be great man. In Chicago, let's let's go ahead and get that ownership transaction transfer from Aaron Rodgers to right. Jordan Love, right? <laughs> get that get that in the books. Um Quay is another one that kind of kind of worried me a little bit. It sounded like he had an injury the other day. I was just uh, going through Twitter while you were talking. I couldn't find any updates. Of course, they're going to they're going to limit a ton of information. Like right. that, that you're not going to get hardly anything. Have you heard anything at all on Quay what that might have been?
0: Was no, it, even um, even in real time I wasn't sure what was going on. They're talking about Quay was standing off and like kind of mirroring what the defense was doing i'm like why what i don't know what that means and it seemed like the even the media kind of fig- didn't figure it out until later when they started all kind of reporting oh it looks like he's limping um so i don't know if we got official word other than he wasn't participating really and and seemed to have some kind of a noticeable limp but um i'm yeah. guessing the next time that the uh, the coaches or whatever get in front of the media that question will come up for sure
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And I see the tweet. I think you were referring to this is from, Kyle, uh, Kyle Malzahn, I think said, uh, not sure what's going on with Quay Walker. He was moving slowly and limping a bit. Uh, don't want to speculate. Could be nothing. He was doing some drills earlier and then went to the side. We'll see if we can find out during the pressers. So probably need to comb through the pressers to see exactly what that was about. Somebody said he was, he was kind of bent over at one point too. You know, like, I don't know if he was favoring his abdomen or if it was lower body or, or what, but, uh, yeah, hopefully everything's good there. But, Again, man, it's OTAs, Uh, everything's going to be kind of, we're all going to be reaching for something every little bit, you know, somebody stubs a toe, we're going to be like, whatever, you know, (laughs) it's the way it is, but uh, anything you want to, anything else you want to add before we wrap this big bear up? I really appreciate your time, man.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm pretty optimistic right now. I, I like the way things are looking up. I mean, obviously there's a lot of question marks and there are some holes here and there, but. Um, we've got some talent on this team and we'll see kind of how much that shakes out and uh who wins some of the like offensive line position battles of Zach Tom and whatnot but man, I tell you what Romeo and Christian and Jaden and, and Musgrave along with you know on the defense you got Rashawn and Lucas and Carl Brooks and Wooden and Wyatt going into year two and I don't know man I mean I, I understand the spec the the uh, people being kind of skeptical about the Packers but at the same time I'm 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 seeing a pretty scary-looking team. Uh, if 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 they don't hit their potential this year within the next couple of years, yeah. I don't see any reason why this can't be one of the top teams in football.
1: I agree, man. And when you look at it
0: across the board, I was looking at each position group, and I'm like, you know,
1: with the exception of quarterback, which we would all agree we don't know yet, right. and maybe wide receivers, simply because, you know, Lazard and Cobb, their departure, I don't know if Jaden Reed's going to be as good as they were, right? And that's really the big addition at the wide receiver room. You look across the board and you go, this team's a little better. I think this team's a little better than they were last year. It kind of feels like that. And, and I yeah. didn't feel like that a month ago. But as I look at it now on paper and I'm like, you know what? If if Christian Watson continues to build off what he did last year, if Romeo Dobbs takes a step, if Jaden Reed, is, you know, he lives up to the hop that we're seeing. Um, these tight ends, it's obvious that we have more athleticism at the tight end position now, you know, Bob Tunyon still wasn't fully recovered from that ACL Mercedes Lewis. Obviously he's not someone who's going to run those crossers or those long wheel routes that we were talking about that Luke Musgrave's showing Tucker craft is just a, a freaking beast of a man. Um, I don't know, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie, man. Um, and I, I just want to, like we said last time, I just want to kind of hide in the weeds and not, you know, try right. to, I, I want it to surprise people if they do come out. Right. But, uh, again, you know, like I said, we I try not to talk wins, loss totals, you know, things like that. But if you tell if you tell me if we fast forward to the end of the season, you go, you know what? We won seven games, and we know what we have, and, you know, with this roster, let's continue to build on it. I would say that's a good season. Um, you know, if, if we come out and we win ten games, I'm gonna be over the freaking moon because when you look at that wide receiver cap hit room, I mean, my god, they have yeah. nothing. I think we get the <laughs> least amount of money spent on wide receivers right. where the rest of the league is just. Overspending like crazy on the market. Same thing with the tight ends. Think about the tight ends, how cheap that is. You know, your your cap room, the Aaron Rodgers cap hit, will be off the books next year. And and granted, we've got some other things we got to clean up, but if if Bakhtiari is not here next year and they don't push more money out, you're gonna free up 20 million there. Like there's a ton of things that could happen. I want to say this about Jordan Love's contract extension if if Packer fans don't understand or, or they haven't taken the time to really think about what was that contract extension, if that says anything about Jordan Love, he wants to be a Green Bay Packer. He wants to be here. That guy could have held their feet to the fire, got the fifth year option and you know guaranteed whatever it was 20 million. but instead, in my opinion, he did the Packers a little bit of a favor. and it's not like it's not like this you know drastic favor. But if I was in his shoes and the only thing that mattered to me was money, I believe I would have said, no, I want the fifth-year option. I want a chance to hit free agency or get a franchise tag. Instead, he said, yeah, put a little money in my pocket right now. That'll make it very cat-friendly for the next two years, and let's take a two-year window and see if this is a fit for both of us, man. I think it says a lot about Jordan Love. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does. So.
0: Yeah, and that makes sense, too. I mean, you know, when we assess this – and then, you, you know, you come to the negotiating table with with Jordan Love and say, look, we're going to assess what we have next year. We're probably going to have a bunch of money. And if you accept this deal, we're going to have even more. And we're going to use that money to build around you. If we're missing an offensive lineman, if we need this, if we need that, we're going to go out and get it for you. So, I mean, if that's the case, it's not that hard. And I know people want to nickel and dime. And while well, he could have gotten a little bit more here or there, we're talking about putting a bunch of money in your pocket that you didn't have before that could essentially set you up for life. And you're doing the team a favor so that they can build around you next year. I mean, come on, man. I mean, if you want, if you want to nickel and dime this thing to where maybe you could have got a couple million here or there or more, I, I just I think you're 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 missing some of the bigger picture. Just for simply, I want to maximize the absolute you know dollars that I could get, which I understand some people think that way, and that's fine. But um, I think this is a better approach to team building and, and having a good locker room and having a good relationship and environment and all that kind of stuff. And, and again, getting your quarterback paid. I think him having money this year is important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Him walking into the locker room and people going, Hey, they believe he's yeah. the guy
0: they yep. invested in
1: him. Right. They right. didn't just say, Hey, well, let's just, let's give it a year and see what happens. Um, I think that's important for culture uh, within the locker room too. You know, when it, when it comes to the quarterback contracts across the league, it's it's kind of It's kind of broken down into two camps. You've got the Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, uh, Lamar Jackson type approach, where it's give me all the guaranteed shorter contract. That way, I've got I control my destiny. And then you've got the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allen, and what's rumored to be the Joe Burrow type contract, where hey, sign me to seven or ten years. It's very team-friendly in a sense of we can maneuver this cap all around, and it's not about me just getting guaranteed money right yeah. now. Um, if you had to put Jordan Love into one of those camps, I think it would be the Pat Mahomes, the Josh Allen camp. Like, hey, he's wanting to play ball. He wants to have a good team around him. He really wants to uh, play the the cash-over cap game with the team and make sure he's got the best possible uh, you know team on the field with him. I, I'm excited about that, man. He's impressed the heck out of me, dude. Um, yeah. I, I think the – I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised with him this year. Um, there's going to be struggles. There's no right. doubt about that. But uh, how he handles those struggles, uh, I go back and watch that Kansas City game. And I know the stat line wasn't crazy, but like you mentioned on your pod, um, it was actually your pod that provoked me to go watch it again today. And it's like, man, they blitzed the crap out of him. And, and Matt LaFleur's game plan was literally playing to not lose the game. And I'm yeah. not trying to bash the coach. I don't pretend to know more than him. But you could tell that was the approach. And it was – he stood in there and took hit after hit after hit and stayed poised, thrust into that situation where he had, what, two or three days to prepare with with Aaron going out with COVID. And it's like every, every – no one can point to anything with Jordan Love and go, see, that's why I think he's going to be a bust. If anything, right. man, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He handled pressure well. He came in against arguably the second-best football team in the entire National Football League last year in the Philadelphia Eagles, and he didn't back down. And he right. had people like Big Play Slay saying, Hey, that boy looked like Aaron out there throwing. Right. I and mean, that's what he said, not me. Yeah.
0: You know, and, and again, he even dispelled some myths, Two People are like, Well, that the game was over. They had given up or whatever. That's not what Slay said. Slay said right. they were licking their chops, saying, Oh, we got the young guy coming in. We're going to go get him. And then after a little while, they're like, all right, this is this is not what we thought was going to happen when he came on the field. So, you know, and, and again, that's that is our hope as Packer fans that the rest of the league experiences. Right. Everybody expects they're licking their chops. This guy's going to fail and it's going to be great. And here go. the And and we're hoping for that moment where everybody takes a step back and goes, OK, this is not what we thought. This is this is something a little bit more serious. So um but if nothing else, I mean, he seems to be a great guy, great human being. And um, I, I hope that we have our quarterback in Jordan Love and don't have to continue searching. If we have to, we have to. We got right. a great roster to to plop a quarterback in if that ends up being the case. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm ready for it to be Jordan Love. I, I think it would be a great uh, quarterback of the future if it can be that.
1: Absolutely. Everybody needs to just, just get behind him, man. Let's give him a shot, right? Yep. Um, I want to thank everybody in the chat for hanging out with us Phil, Professor K. just again. John <laughs> Dorn, Daryl Yeater, um, everybody, man. Thomas Austin, you guys are awesome. Street King, Stephen, Andy Monday, always coming through in the clutch. Elevated Shine. Is Elevated Shine, am I thinking right? Is that the guy that's the uh, prison mic on, on Twitter? Am I thinking right? Is that him? There's that somebody. Might be. There's somebody who's prison Mike on Twitter and I laugh every time I see his friend, bro. <laughs> I, mean, I can hear him saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, I ain't going to get into it. It's so controversial <laughs> nowadays, yeah. but anyway, we appreciate everybody in the chat. Thank y'all for hanging out with us. Ryan dude. Thank you so much for your time. I know you got 32 podcasts. You got to get recorded right now. So <laughs> really appreciate you uh hanging out with us. We're going to get out of here. We will see you guys here in a day or two, get you another pod out soon. You guys are probably listening to this on Thursday afternoon we appreciate you making us a part of your day as always let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world go Pat, go
0: to to restart the game and this one carrying into the end zone about four yards deep here comes Nixon to the five left hash marks 10 50 it's a hole hard <laughs> he's to the 25 30 into the clear
1: Keyshawn Nixon is off to the races it's secretary Of the game, Wayne didn't practice all week, but he just took it right off the gut through the heart of the Minnesota Viking coverage unit.